Hey, I am Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm going to share with you a presentation. I'm actually doing this one tomorrow. I haven't rehearsed that at all, so I don't know if it's going to, uh, I don't know if it's going to fit into the time slot that I wanted to. So I'm kind of practicing it. And I thought it'd be a good, a good chance to record it uh, as some content for free for you. So this is a presentation I'm giving to some high school students. I'm going to be giving it three times and it's basically the polyvagal theory, but designed for high schoolers. So I call it mental health and trauma. I don't use any of the polyvagal specific information, uh, wording like ventral and dorsal and neuroception, those, those kind of things. I'd really try to kind of boil it down to the absolute necessities and hopefully have it be non-traumatizing for those that are going to be there tomorrow. So I do have my course on justinlmft.com. It's, it is called polyvagal 101 and that does have all of the core pieces of the polyvagal theory in a very clear very concise, very easy, easy to understand, uh, structured course on justinlmft.com. This one's called Mental Health and Trauma, How Your Body Gets Stuck in a State of Defense. We're going to start off with an exercise, and we're going to be imagining safety. So what I want you to do is to create a place in your mind where you would go to feel safe, relaxed, accepted, calm, comfortable, or even playful. There, there are no limitations. You can go anywhere you want. Where would you go? So I want you to take it actually, actually take a moment to, to think about where would you go? Who's there with you? Or are you alone? What do you hear? And what does it feel like? Usually people say something like the forest or the beach, hanging out by a lake. But every now and then someone will say something different, like I want to go to uh, Paris or I want to go to the cemetery because that's where I have a loved one. So there's no right or wrong answer, but just allow yourself to go to that place mentally and, and to allow, allow yourself to feel those uh, feelings of calm or relaxation or comfort or playfulness, whatever it is. And just kind of notice what it feels like. And this brings us to our first topic here, which is that safety is more than the literal environment. Safety is actually, it's biology. And there are specific brainstem pathways that are associated with safety. We're not going to go into those. But uh, my point here is that safety is biology. It is not just are you actually safe or not. We have biological pathways that are responsible for our capacity to feel safe and then socially engage. So yeah, when we're literally safe, that helps those biological pathways activate and then we can socially engage once those pathways are active. Those pathways need to be stimulated in order to have the feelings of safety. So it's not just the feeling, it's not just the actual environment you're in, but it's also these biological pathways that are responsible for feeling safe. That's what I mean. Safety, I mean biology, not just are you safe. Now, once you are safe, safety can lead to connection. Mammals have unique biological pathways that result in unique uh, behaviors of connecting with each other socially. But this only comes when we're actually in a state of safety in our body. So we can socially engage, we can play, we can be still like that panda in the middle there. We can have families, friends, we can have tribes. 
no other species or no other, I guess, type of species like birds or reptiles, fish, none of them really socially engage. They may kind of stick together in a sense, like a school of fish, but they're not exchanging social engagement. They're kind of just maybe around each other. That's different than mammals. Safety can feel like a bunch of different things. It can feel like calm or relaxation, playfulness, peace, joy, awe, happiness, connection, empathy. Safety can feel like a bunch of different things. So ask yourself, when's the last time that you felt something like this? You don't need to tell me, but when is the last time that you felt something like these? And basically when you felt that, your biological pathways for safety were active. Once those biological pathways were active, then you had these experiences, these feelings, these sensations of being in your safety state. And right now you're saying, great, Justin, but how? How do we activate these biological pathways and how do we get to these feelings of safety? That's a fair question. I can respect you put me on the spot. You need safe people. That's one of the pieces here. We need safe people. Safe people send cues of safety. Remember, this is a biological thing so we can actually communicate not just through words i mean but like biologically we can send cues that we are our biology is in a safe state to other mammals well and we'll talk about just us here uh, humans in particular so when we do things like smile when we have gentle touch when our eyes crinkle uh, here on the sides of our eyes when we have vocal prosody which is like a sing-song equality to our voice like when we go up and down we can ask a question. So like we can use our voice as a way to indicate that we're safe. If we can have a full range of voice, that means we are safe mammals. So that sends a cue of safety. All these are cues of safety to other mammals and for us people. Let's do another exercise here. I want you to notice what happens inside of you when you see these pictures. How do you feel when you see this one? And again, there's no right or wrong way, but just kind of notice how you feel when you see this one or that one. How about this one? That one? This is the picture that usually gets people. It's the eyes of the baby. Can't go wrong with that, right? The other piece that you need here when it comes to activating your safety pathways, the other thing you need is safe places. Not just safe people, but also safe places. The environment, just like people can send us safety cues, the environment can send safety cues as well. So things like having more space, that can be helpful versus like cramped, tight spaces. Greens, the color green can be a cue of safety. Sound, pleasant sounds, uh, even things like uh, the waves on a beach. Symmetry, I think, is typically a cue of safety when things are even or uh, predictable, I guess. There's a predictability in symmetry. Trails going off in the distance, like that picture in the top. There's a trail going off. When we see trails, we kind of it, it is like this kind of cue of safety in our system. But also temperature. The temperature of the environment can be a cue of safety or danger. If it's too cold, if it's too hot, that will be a, uh, a cue of danger. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about after this year. So we can create safety by being with safe people, being in safe environments. We can use our imagination just like we did at the beginning of this whole presentation. Using our imagination is or can be a cue of safety. 
remembering uh, memories, <laughs> remembering memories, using your five senses, listening to music, uh, utilizing movement, uh, breathing into your belly if you can, being with safe people, again, being a safe environment. All of these things can be cues of safety to to stimulate those safety pathways to bring our bodies into those feelings of connection and empathy and calm and relaxation, playfulness. We have to have these things stimulated, the, those pathways first, and then those feelings come after it. And we can stimulate those pathways by doing things like in this list here. Now, I do have a course called Building Safety Anchors that goes into these possibilities like memories, uh, senses, music, movement. Uh, I do have a course that's called Building Safety Anchors on justinlmft.com, and you can learn way more about each of these, and it teaches you how to actually do it and guide you. There is actually is a day-by-day guide on what you can do to feel more safety in your system. Now, that's just for you. I'm not going to advertise that to the kids uh, at school tomorrow. The point here so far is that, number one, safety is biological. It's not, a, it's not just about the environment. Okay, It's biology. It's not just about thoughts. It's not just about feelings. It's biology. Safety, when we're safe, when we have those pathways active, it can lead to connection with other mammals. Happiness, love, calm, playfulness, empathy, and more are experiences of being in a state of safety. These don't happen unless those safety pathways are active. Danger, though, uh, is about survival. And safety is as well in some extent, but that's a whole different conversation. Safety is about survival. (laughs) Danger is about survival. When we're in a defensive state, we respond to danger by running away, fighting, shutting down, or freezing. And shutting down means uh, collapsing, going limp, like immobilizing through like a limp collapse. And freeze is immobilizing, but like tense. We So just like being in a safety state, we can kind of do, I guess, the opposite and be in a defensive state. But defensive states look can look different ways. And that those are the examples of them. Ask yourself right now, do you feel more like running, fighting, hiding, or freezing? And hiding would be that shutting down thing from the last slide. Now, that doesn't mean you actually are running away or that you're fighting anybody right now. Please don't do that. It doesn't mean you're actually hiding. It doesn't mean you're actually paralyzed and freezing. But just in your system, check in with yourself and which one of those do you feel more like? And hey, maybe you're in your safety state and you feel like connecting and laughing and hugging people. Cool. But you might not. So which of these do you feel more like? Being in a defensive state has its own, or these, these various defensive reactions have their own feelings associated with them. So when the biological pathways for defense are active, What you'll feel is anxiety, worry, anger, irritability, stress, shame, guilt, embarrassment, numbness, disconnection, and more. So again, ask yourself, when is the last time that you felt one of these? And maybe you do right now. It's entirely possible. I'm a therapist. I work with high schoolers. Uh, These are not uncommon. I think every, all of us, even adults, we we all feel these things on some level. But I know I work with kids one-on-one, uh, And I hear all the time that they feel a lot of these things. So it's not there for no reason. It's there because of something. And when it's there, what that means is that your defensive state, those biological pathways are more active than your safety ones. Take a moment to think about this school. How does this school environment affect 
your feelings of safety or defense. How many of you feel calm when you come to school? How many of you feel more anxious? How many of you feel more irritated? How many of you feel more like giving up or you go like you go numb or you go tense? And then ask yourself, what staff members do you feel the safest around? Is there anyone here that you feel uh, some ease or some comfort, some trust maybe? You can actually talk to them and you feel okay around them. The point here when it comes to defense, same thing with safety. Danger is biological just like the safety state. Danger leads to defensiveness or uh, behaviors of defensiveness like running away, fighting, shutting down, or freezing. And the feelings of a danger state are anxiety, anger, shame, guilt, aloneness, and, and more. These are the experiences. This is how you, you know that you're in a defensive state. You'll feel it. And again, you're asking, great, Justin. But what does this have to do with trauma? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, we get stuck in defense. This is called trauma. Trauma is being stuck in a state of defense. So with trauma, it's uh, being stuck in a state of defense. But specifically, it's, it's about the impact of what we go through, not really the thing that we go through. And now, of course, some things are potentially more traumatic, but it's not the thing we go through. It's, it's the impact that has on us. That's what trauma is. So it's the trauma is the impact of what we go through, not the thing, it's not the event itself. Each of us could go through the same thing and have a different reaction to the same event. So let's say that we are in a bus and there's a, you know, sadly a bus crash. Each of us are passengers in the bus. Uh, each of us are pretty much going through the same event. But me and you and the next person, we will have different reactions. So I may walk away from that or maybe not walk away from that. Maybe I'm stuck and I can't get out and I'm panicking. And so uh, that may be traumatic for, for me. Whereas for you, you may walk away from that, take a deep breath and say, whoa, that was close. I'm okay. Are you okay? And kind of check in with everybody else. Now, for me, that's probably going to be more of a traumatic event, even though it's the same event. For you, you may be okay, and even a couple months down the road, you're still, for the most part, okay. So it wouldn't be accurate to say that we're both traumatized, even though we went through the same thing. It would probably uh, be more accurate to say I'm traumatized and you're not. We might do things, though, or you might be doing things, though, to feel better. Not really better, but kind of better. So you might be doing things that are reducing your own stuck defensive state. Things like mindless phone usage, just kind of swiping through or watching video after video after video. Overeating, undereating, fighting, gossiping, bullying, skipping school, not doing schoolwork, self-harm, isolating, substance use, smoking, all kinds of stuff that you might be doing that kind of gives you a sense of relief or kind of feels better, but it doesn't actually help that stuck defensive state to become unstuck. It's still stuck. It's just doing these things might give you a little bit of a, a break, maybe. It is definitely possible to climb out of a danger state, though, to get out of a stuck defensive state, but you have to trigger safety in your system. That's probably the most important thing. 
So you need safe people, safe environments, just like we said before. But also doing things that you enjoy. Now, I don't mean not exactly playing video games, not exactly just using your phone and watching TikTok videos nonstop. That's enjoyable, I get it, but that's not what I'm talking about. So things you enjoy like skateboarding, uh, drawing, hanging out with your friends, things like that. Things that allow you to be more mobile. Things that allow you to feel more grounded in the present moment. Things that bring a smile to your face. So things that you, like that, things like that, things you enjoy. Hobbies, basically. That can help to trigger your safety state. You can also use your five senses to be in the present moment. Smell, sight, touch, hearing, and taste. So your five senses. Any of those could be a potential avenue toward feeling more safety in your system. And you could also mindfully feel your defensive state. Now, this is not as easy, but it, is, it can be helpful. And this is kind of what we do in therapy a lot is we talk about things that are potentially uncomfortable, but we actually kind of feel them as much as we can, not too much. We, but we actually feel that stuck defensive state and just mindfully being with it, feeling it and letting it be there can actually help it to become unstuck. Let's do a quick exercise here. Take a deep breath if you can. And what I want you to do is breathe in through your nose. I want you to feel, I want you to breathe and feel it in your belly. I want you to breathe in through your nose and into your belly if you can. I want you to like really feel your belly come out and ex expand. And then pause and then slowly uh, blow it out through your mouth. So let's do it again all together here. In through your nose, in your belly, feel that belly come out. Pause slightly and then slowly out through your mouth. You really want the out through the mouth part. You want that to extend. You want to, not until it's painful or anything, but do that uh, longer than it takes to breathe in. And that helps to turn on your safety pathways, actually. I think one of the biggest things I want you to walk away with uh, from this is that your state is not a choice. No one is choosing to be in a stuck defensive state. No one's really choosing to be in a safety state either. None of these things are exactly chosen. They just kind of happen, and yeah, we do have some control over the potential to be in a safety or danger state, but no one's really choosing to be in a danger state or in a safety state. We just kind of react to the things around us. Really, what it is is that your state is a biological shift. It's a reaction. So it's a biological shift, and it's unconscious. It's not planned. You're not choosing it. You're probably not even aware of it when it's happening. It kind of is happening constantly, even right now. So your state is a biological shift and it's going to be safe social. That's, that's um, that safety stuff. Flight, fight, shut down, or freeze. Your, your body's going to shift uh, amongst these different states. And the way to kind of conceptualize this and think about it is as if your state is on a ladder or is a, like a rung on a, on a ladder. Not really, there's no ladders in us, but... It's just like a metaphor. It's a way of conceptualizing this. So we move through these states in order going up and down. Just like on a ladder, you can't really skip rungs on a ladder. You have to climb all the way up. You have to climb all the way down in order of the rungs, right? So our state is like a ladder in that way. And we can't skip. We can't really skip the state that we're in and where it's going to. So if we're in danger, the first thing we do, if we can't be safe and we can't socially connect... The first thing we do is drop down our ladder into the flight fight state. 
so we're in danger. We drop down the ladder into flight fight in order to get away from the danger. And for the first thing we do is actually flight, is attempt to flee. The body revs up and wants to get out of the situation. If that doesn't work, then fight results. Now, if we can't run away, we can't fight, then we drop further down the ladder into the shutdown or freeze state. And so the shutdown again is that limb collapse, freezes where like we, it's more of like a frozen, paralyzed kind of thing. So we go all the way down the ladder. The reverse of that is when we're safe, we actually go up the ladder. So we go from shutdown or freeze up into flight fight and then up into, well, actually be fight and then flight and then all the way up into our safe and social state. So it's a ladder up and down in order. This is all about survival. Shifting down the ladder when we're in danger, the body is attempting to survive something. Okay, these, these are biological responses that are encoded into our DNA. They are hardwired into our body. None of this is chosen. These are simply unconscious biological shifts that happen based on how much safety or danger that we're in. We're mammals. It's just a, mam a mammalian thing. I have a hard time saying mammalian. So here's what the ladder looks like along with the feelings that, are, that come along with it. At the top of the ladder, we have safe and social. So happiness, connection, whole, all, all those words there. In the middle of the ladder is flight and fight, and then the bottom of the ladder is shutdown. And those are the feelings that come along with it. If we're stuck in a state of flight and fight, we'll have more anxiety or anger, basically. If we're stuck in a state of shutdown, we'll be more sad and alone and disconnected. Okay, so let's wrap this up with uh, identifying what state are these students in. Here is Winnie. Winnie constantly feels anxious, so much so that she feels paralyzed or frozen when things get too much for her. She leaves class abruptly and quickly. So what state do you think Winnie is in? There might actually might be a couple that, that would fit here. I would say she's probably consistently in like a flight state because she feels a lot of anxiety, but that flight state might get so bad and she, she can't escape. She can't fight off whatever it is. She then goes into this freeze or paralyzed uh, kind of state. How about Anthony? Anthony feels frustrated often. He wants to be alone and talks with a stern voice. He purposely bumps into his peers during passing periods. Like he checks, like he'll do like a shoulder check. So what state do you think is in? I would say he's probably more of a, a fight state. Here's Noah. Noah just learned that he did not earn enough credits to graduate on time. He feels regret about missing so much school and not completing all of his work. He doesn't want to be around others or get support right now. This one I think could be a couple different ones. Uh, for, I think my intention was shut down. He's kind of collapsed. He's folded. He's looking pretty small. He wants to be alone. But I think this could also be more of a flight kind of thing as well. Or maybe even fight. He doesn't look like he's high energy right now. He doesn't look like he's running away or fighting. But that this could be the way he's coping with things. And then we have Rachel. Rachel's motivated to succeed in school. She has friends, smiles, and has plans to go to college for hand modeling, and specifically her right thumb. And so, yeah, that's pretty obvious. That's probably more of a safe and social, or, or it is. She's in her safety state. She has access to her ability to connect with others and with herself. She's motivated. She's pretty happy, right? So, yeah, that's Rachel. The point here with this is that state shifts are biological. They're not chosen. No one is choosing to move up and down their ladders 
It just kind of happens based on, well, based on a lot of th- things, but the, what I want you to get from this is it's not, we're not choosing it. It's, it's a biological reaction. Your state shifts to safety or defense in a sequence, so up the ladder and down the ladder. We're not really skipping around. Um, it, it is this sort of sequence that we go through. And trauma is the lasting impact of the event, not the event itself. And trauma is being stuck in a state of defense. Yeah, now again, some things are probably more likely to be traumatic. But the point is that it is the impact of what we go through, not the thing, not just the thing that we go through. It's the impact of it. So that's it. That's the the heart of my presentation. I am absolutely open to question and answer. And as a reminder, I do have two courses on justinlmft.com. I have Building Safety Anchors, which is a self-development course that helps you to identify feelings, experiences of safety, and what brings you to those, those anchors. And it helps you to cultivate those, practice those, and build your capacity to feel safe. And my other course is Polyvagal 101, which is a deep dive, uh, very clear, very concise, to the point, structured, deep dive into the polyvagal theory. Uh, Both of those are on justinlmft.com.